Hello, everybody. Today's episode is going to be on violent language. So, in my opinion, violent language, there's a few core types. And one principle of violent language is it's designed to get someone to feel bad. Or if it's a judgment that implies they are wrong or bad. Um, if it's, it contains any language that contains any kind of threats and any language that blames someone else for how you feel. And any language that is involves some kind of like trickery, like subtle exaggerations, vague requests, um, things that are not achievable, and a dishonest language. So let's go back over. Let's, let's break it down a little bit. Um, so one very popular, very common form of violent language that I see is guilt trips and a guilt trip is when you say something and you're you want them to feel guilty and why would we do this everybody does it i hate it when i do it and i hate it when someone does it to me i really don't like it it doesn't feel good either way Um, but we do it not because we're bad people we guilt trip because it's a tactic for how to get what we want to get our needs met the problem is it doesn't work that well. And when it does work, it doesn't bring connection. It a lot of times brings resentment, anger, disconnection, defensiveness. And it's not necessary. We can get our needs met using nonviolent communication and, and still build connection. So um, for an example of like a guilt trip would be maybe there was an emergency going on in the world. And someone said they would call when they get home and they didn't call. And you got all freaked out, stressed. So you might say something like this if that happened. You didn't call and now I'm all stressed out and worried and now I can't go to work because I'm in a bad mood. And it's all your fault because you didn't call. All right, so something along those lines, that's a guilt trip. And the intention of that statement would be to, to make them feel so bad that next time they won't repeat this behavior. But what's likely to happen is that a person is going to get triggered and defensive and, and maybe attack back on some other fault. That, and then just gets to an argument and it just doesn't feel good. So if you're going to use NVC, which is point out the fact, um, express your feeling, why you feel the way you do, and make a specific request. It might sound something like this. You didn't call, even though you said you would. And now I'm feeling stressed and I was very worried because your safety is really important to me. So would you be willing to clarify why you didn't call? The thing that's that that statement like that can actually solve the problem because a lot of times just awareness will bring the problem, will solve problems. So what that statement does is, is it lets the other person know that they care about them. They were worried and stressed. They don't want this to happen again. But they didn't imply they were bad or wrong. They didn't judge them. They didn't call them names or condemn them or guilt trip them. They just told them what happened. And then they asked for clarity. And so the person now has a chance to clarify what happened. And the end result is they're both going to have more understanding. And the other person is going to have much more awareness of how important it is to call without any threats or guilt trips or, you know, just violent language. And that's the real beauty of nonviolent communication. It can solve problems without creating more problems. That's what we want. We want solutions. Violent language is 
it's like a short term thing that seems like a solution, but it's really not. It, it's just a short term way to express yourself quickly. And I would say carelessly, but it doesn't actually solve problems a lot. It actually creates more problems. So what we want to do is solve problems. And that's what, and, and also create boundaries and express ourselves. And that's what NVC can do. So guilt trips are not necessary. And that's a one form of, of violent language that NVC can help you with. So another form of violent language is a judgment. And a judgment is something that implies someone else is wrong or bad. And that just, the, the reason why we do that, again, is we want to, you know, some, there's a problem. And so we say, hey, here's the problem, and the problem is you. <laughs> no. uh, basically, that's what we do. And the problem is that doesn't work. Anytime we tell somebody else they're the problem or what they've done is the problem or there's something about them that's a problem, we just don't, as human beings, we don't like to be told that. Don't, don't tell us we're bad or wrong. And if, if you do say that, we're just going to get triggered, defensive, attack back. Now we're in an argument. You know? Um, so it's, it's, it's much better to stick to facts. The opposite of a judgment is fact. Another thing that's a judgment is an opinion. Your opinion, opinions and judgments, they're kind of the same thing. And, you know, when you're living your life and everything's fine, opinions, you know, come and go especially if you state them as an opinion. But when things are tense or to sensitive subject, it's, you know, expressing your judgments or opinions, um, a lot of times are going to lead to problems. Because here's, here's what happens. When you say a judgment or opinion, you kind of, you're saying it as a fact. So you say, wow, that shirt is really ugly. That, that kind of implies that it's a fact that the shirt is ugly. But if you say, in my opinion, that shirt is ugly. Or if you say, I don't like the shirt. You're still expressing. You you want to be honest. Authenticity is very important. It builds a lot of connection. It's it's exciting. But when you're saying your opinion as a fact, that's not being authentic. That's being I'd say careless with your words, and it's likely to cause friction. So the key thing with this is don't express your opinions as facts, and just you don't really need to express your opinion you know be be very careful with expressing your opinion especially when things are heated if you know you're having a problem with somebody and the problem is that they don't pick up after themselves you don't need to judge them as being messy or judge them as being you know disrespectful or give your opinion that well the problem is you just don't you just don't like to clean and that's it's too final it's too it puts people in a box we don't want to be put in a box so you stick to the facts so every time i've come home after work there's the the there's you you leave your clothes on in the living room and there's dirty dishes in the sink and that's happened a lot you know those are facts observable facts and if you say but if you say an opinion or a judgment it's just not going to be that helpful and it probably won't solve the problem and it's likely to create friction so that's like violent language because it implies they're bad or wrong. You don't need to imply anyone's bad or wrong. Just stick right to the facts. And for whatever reason, and for me too, it's hard not to. It's like, it's just what we want to do. We just want to point out in the beginning of a conflict that you're, you are this, you know? Anytime you're saying like you are a jerk or, a, you know, anything you are, we're t humans are too vast, to be labeled into anything really 
you know, unless it's like you, unless it's, unless it's a fact, you are in the army, you are a policewoman, you know, those are facts. But if you say you are a bully, that's not a fact. That's an opinion. That's a judgment. That's not going to help anything. So this really, really try to avoid ever implying someone's bad or wrong. And you do that by taking out judgments. And instead of using judgments, you use facts. And if you're going to say an opinion, don't say it as a fact. Say it as an opinion. In my opinion, this. Or I think that. I Or I don't like. What did you think of the movie? The movie sucked. Right? That's, that's, not, that's a judgment. That's an opinion as if it's a fact. Like the movie was terrible. You say, mm, I didn't like it. I, in my opinion, it was not so good. It's just, it's subtle, but these things add up. You know, a lot of times someone says something and it just annoys you deeply and you're not sure why. And it was just a seemingly innocuous statement. But that's where these subtleties are really powerful. So if you clean up your language, it's less likely to trigger other people in these subtle ways. And a lot of times when we get triggered, you know, we try to hide it, but then it usually seeps out in some form of passive aggressiveness. So another form of violent language is blame. When we blame other people for how we feel, that's, that's violent because it's not true. It's not, if I say you're really making me angry right now, then I'm blaming you for what is going on inside me. That's a lot of pressure. I'm basically saying my happiness and my peace depends on how you act. And how you've been acting is wrong and bad. And now I'm angry because of you. I'm a victim. And you're, you're bad. And, you know, that all was implied in that one little sentence. So you don't ever want to blame anybody for how you feel. Because how you feel is based on your thoughts. It's based on your perception of the situation. It's based on it's based on your internal dialogue. Like if it's your wedding day and it rains, you might feel sad. But if the night before you had a panic attack and didn't want to get married and it rained, you might feel joyous. You know, it it depends on you. It depends on it's it's not the circumstances. It's always going to be how you think of something. On one day, someone says something, someone starts complaining, and it really irritates you. On another day, someone starts complaining, and it's funny to you. It's humorous. It's silly. And on another day, someone starts complaining, and you feel sad because you have empathy for them. So if you blame them, I'm getting annoyed because you complain all the time. That's You're blaming them for how you feel, but it's not true. It's not accurate. You're getting annoyed because of your own values. And your values might be, I don't like to hear people complain or, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be based on you. So you know, just don't ever want to blame anybody for how you feel. That's a core violent language tactic. And all these tactics, it's not like we're bad people. We, we just have misguided tactics to get our needs met. And that's why NVC is beautiful and powerful. When you do do it correctly, you can get your needs met. And it literally will build connection, understanding, deepen friendships, and solve problems so that you don't have to keep having reoccurring issues again and again and again. So another uh, form of violent language is the threat. And demands are basically threats. So we don't need to threaten people. You do this or I'm leaving. You do this or, you know, do it now. 
and then just you know just implying that something bad is going to happen if they don't do it. We're humans. Our natural uh, tendency is freedom. We want to be free to explore the earth and feel and do and speak as we please. So when someone threatens us or makes a demand, which is do this or trouble, or trouble will follow. It doesn't feel good. We get triggered and we're going to want to fight back. And it's not going to build connection and it's not going to find long-term permanent solutions to things. So instead of threats or demands, you use specific requests. Now, a request can be refused. If, 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 you, make, if you want something to happen and you're like, I need, you, clean the house now. Or, or say, say if you want something to happen and you say, would you, would, uh, would you do the dishes right now? And they go, I don't feel like it. And then you get really angry at them. Then that was a demand. So de- uh, requests can be refused. But it doesn't mean that's the end. You know, a request is the beginning of a communication, of a conversation, of an attempt to get the, the, the problem solved. So a request can be refused. And then you just look for other solutions. So... And a lot of times I, I think that people sometimes are afraid to ask for things because if, if they get refused, they know they're going to get hurt or angry. And then I suggest you look internally and try to be okay with the refusal and just look for other solutions. And then you'll be more open to asking for things because it's, you know, if, if, if you have all, if, if there's a de- demand, just scary for both people because if they don't do it, now you have to do something to back up your demand and, and if they they know when you ask for it, then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in this tense situation. It's not necessary. Just do requests. They don't demands and threats. They just they're not, they don't feel good. They don't work, and they're not necessary. Another form of violent language is exaggerations. You are always complaining. You're never on time. You're always talking too loud. Whatever it is, no one is ever always doing anything. And whenever we use that language, it's just, I do it, and I hate it when I do it. Um, it's just careless, uh, you know? I, I, I would say it's just being careless. Just really try to refrain from it because it's, the whole goal of NVC is to take away all these things that are tend to trigger and belittle and make finding solutions harder. But NVC is not intended to be anything but authentic. It's, it's about being 100% authentic. And when you take away all these little triggering devices and tactics, then you can be 100% authentic without getting into a huge argument. I think a lot of us are afraid of getting into arguments with people. We don't know how to bring things up without getting into arguments because of all these little things that I'm, that I'm pointing out, all these little violent tactics that we're not even aware of, that we don't even know are violent. But they feel violent to the other person and they feel violent to us. So just really try to take away all exaggerations and say, instead of saying always, maybe say often, or if you can be specific, say, be specific, like the last five times I've seen you, this has happened or whatever it is, but just try to be as specific as possible. Specificity is beautiful. And which brings me to vague requests Vague requests or undoable requests, that's kind of like, that's kind of like a, it's violent and from this perspective because it doesn't help. And it's, if I say, would you be, could, can you just be more respectful? That sounds like it's, I'm asking for something specific, but you can't measure it. 
You can, yeah, I'll be, I'll be five percent more respectful. You can't do that. It's, it's too vague to actually accomplish anything. We want to accomplish things with NVC. So vague requests are things that cannot be measured. That are, vague requests will be hard to know if it was achieved or not. Like, would you be more clean? Could you be nicer? No, they need to be specific. Could you? Would you read this book? Would you do this is an hour after seeing them? Would you call me every day at this time? Would you be willing to contribute this much money every month? Like specific things. So make sure your requests are specific, not vague. So that's it. That's the quick uh, summary of violent language. And a lot of people don't like the name nonviolent communication. Because it sounds violent. No, the word violent is kind of powerful. But it's really accurate. Even Marshall Rosenberg talks about it. He didn't like the name. But he kept it because it's so accurate and powerful. And it works on a global level. And it's really honest. It's, it's what it is. This is a way to speak and communicate and solve problems without any violence. And once again, violent language is language that Imply someone else is bad or wrong, is exaggerations, it's um, language that is designed to get someone to feel bad. We don't need them to feel bad. It's not about feeling bad, it's about, it's about finding solutions. So that's the uh, episode for today. I hope everybody is staying calm, cool, and collected, and looking at the big picture, and getting through these times. My book is on Amazon, The Art of Nonviolent Communication. I am offering private consultations. You can contact me at theartofnvc at gmail if you'd like to set one up. Um, They're $150 for an hour, but right now they're on sale for the month of March at $75 an hour. We can do it on Zoom or Skype or phone call, and I'll give you a one-on-one um, hour to an hour and a half session just discussing what you're going through and give you some pointers and tips and examples and i also am offering my uh, messaging service where if you have an email or message that you got to send and you're not sure if it's non-violent or violent you can send it to me i will put it through the nvc lens and that is a 20 dollar uh, service i'm offering again you can contact me at the art of nvc at gmail.com all these services will be up on my website soon it's in the process of doing that, but I haven't got to it yet. And I hope you guys have a beautiful day and continue on your NVC journeys.